Hello everyone and welcome to The Point of Everything. I'm Ashley Moreden and next to me I have Owen O'Sullivan and Keelan Sherlock and today we're going to talk some things out <laughs> with you. We're going to sort out the music world. We're going to try. One issue at a time. <laughs> One issue at a time. All wearing capes. We could probably do three issues at a time since <clears throat> there's three of us here but I don't know. Okay. Will we, all talk, we all we talk also simultane- could, yeah. simultaneously about one issue? No, okay. So first off, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Neil Young, who's been causing some controversy again this week. He removed the majority of his music from streaming services. I want to know, actually, I don't know what majority means. Does that mean, like, you know, what Harvest Moon to? is still up there and shit? <laughs> uh, there's still five albums on Spotify, apparently, and there's um, a couple more on RDO and Apple Music. Including uh, Trans and Old Ways from the okay. mid-80s. Neil Young was around in the mid-80s. <laughs> <laughs> he was very handsome in the mid-80s. Yeah. Um, so he proclaimed, I don't need my music to be developed by the worst quality in the history of broadcasting or any other form of distribution. Now that's a pretty big statement. I mean, we all use streaming sites, don't we? Yeah. I mean, I think that they're okay you know they get the job done i even sometimes listen to the likes of spotify and the music on spotify through wait for it my laptop speakers <laughs> and i'm okay with that sometimes do you pay for do you do the 999 thing i do yeah i do as well i've been yeah, doing see, it i don't and the quality is far less you know, is they, it? Well, yeah, they, it's not as high definition or whatever the audio, I should definitely know, the audio equivalent is. They take, they do take some quality off when you don't pay for it. Mm. Um, and I would notice when I go to someone else's house and use their laptop and use their Spotify, the the difference is it's far worse. Now, I also have built-in Beats by Dre into my <laughs> laptop, um, which I'd like to hear what Neil Young has to say about Beats by Dre, to be honest. The Beats, the Apple Music thing? Um, Are you talking about the headphones? It's the same, yeah, it's the same company that make the... An audio company? Well, yeah, I mean, Jay, but I think Apple have some... Well, Apple bought Beats. They bought Beats, yeah. But what do you have on your computer? So the, like, audio in it, the the laptop has (coughs) speakers built into it, which means that there's, like, huge compression built into it, so that, I don't know, sounds more like... Beefier. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it sounds like shit anyway. Um, what was the thing? Did Neil Young bring out like a MP3 player before? He had like a big Kickstarter. Hono. Hono. Yeah. But like, it's a, it's, isn't he encouraging like MP3 downloads onto that? Well, not MP3. Yeah, the Pono is lossless format. Okay. So it's okay. the same as uh, the Masters. Ah. It's it's huge files as well. Like the like yeah. one song is like a couple of like about ten twenty megabits or something yeah, like so. that. I mean, and it's far less than storage than an iPod. I mean, for someone who like if I were if we record like music for an album in, in our band, and we have to go like okay, let's send over the files. You can't. Even, it takes hours just to oh, get one file yeah, sent over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. So to have an MP three player that that plays that kind of format. I don't even know how much they cost. Will I find out here? A, yeah. a Pono. A Pono. It costs far too much anyway. It costs really? like $399 or $499. That's, that's what we all paid for iPods when they first came out. Like, I remember paying like a couple of hundred euro for an iPod mini pink one. 
I, yeah, I only got the mi- the mini. I wasn't allowed to have the. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have the first wave. Yeah. <laughs> Although I probably didn't even know the first wave existed. No, I don't think. You like did. I definitely got broadband a couple of years later than most people. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the pono as well is shaped like a Toblerone. Mm. So like when you're carrying it, it's not like it's easy to just slip into your pocket. You know, it's is that uh, a pono in your pocket? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I actually have an iPod Classic, and I still have one, and. Uh, I never filled it up, you know, 80,000 songs, but, um... You can uh, keep trying, on. <laughs> I can keep trying, but this is it, like, I don't, uh... I don't know when the last time that I actually downloaded an album from the iTunes store was, either, you know? I would do it from... Because uh, I DJ a bit, so I would do... I wouldn't want to be getting bad quality. Although, even iTunes is somewhat... It's, I think... It's best, not to nerd out, but I think it's, like, 192... Uh, kilobytes per second which like isn't that great I think for if you're DJing you'd want something around 320 that's like 320 is kind of the, the norm isn't it yeah it's the norm so even when you're buying it you're getting it at like nearly half which is kind of not that great to be honest but do you think Neil Young is just like you know an old man raging against the new system well if no, you've he's... heard his new album then that's definitely what he is have you listened to that I have listened to it and it's been getting really good reviews I think it's, really? it's pretty good Yeah, the Monsanto years yeah I don't know. It's just like, there's surely there's better ways to get. I feel like the Monsanto years and Pono are like very similar because when you look at the like aesthetics, if you cringe harder, then you like go, "Hmm, that seems interesting." Whatever. Like with Neil Young, I see the Pono and I just go, "Like, oh come on, it's not going to be the best way to do it. It's shaped like Toblerone. It's too big." And then the Monsanto years. Who who is he playing on the album with? It's someone's sons. Oh no. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's you liked it. I thought it was okay, but again, I was—I think I might have just been listening to it through my laptop, and it was on. Oh, uh, and Willie, it was on Spotify. Willie Nelson's sons. It's oh, okay. Willie Nelson's sons. And it was on Spotify. <clears throat> That's definitely where I heard it anyway. Yeah. I will say about Neil Young is that it's every. I think that there's a kind of. I think what he's trying to say as well is that it is an artist's choice how to distribute their own music. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been kind of taken away from artists these days because it's like the idea is like to get your music on every platform. Now you've got that stupid thing title as well, and it's like you have to you have to get your music on every single platform, or else you'll be forgotten about. You know. Will I give you some people that have also taken their music off? Well, Taylor Swift is one, isn't it? Taylor Swift uh, obviously is top of this list that I have. Here. <laughs> um, Prince, although he has his music on title. So I would say... That's because he's in the Illuminati. <laughs> I was going to say money, but I guess they're the same thing. <laughs> um, the Beatles, just have it up, do they have it on Apple? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I remember that, that, that. They were like one of the first ones a few years ago, I think. I don't think, no, I think that they're not on Apple Music. Their record label is Apple. They're on iTunes, though. They're on iTunes, but I don't think you can actually stream the Beatles music. No, no you can't stream it, but they're on Apple Music. You can buy their music from Apple Music. Um, Tom York was kind of one from a couple of years ago not Tom York has a problem with something oh my god <laughs> didn't Tom York release an album that was like a couple of days long or something yeah it was like he... 7 or 8 days long oh you know after he did um, the oh what was the 2007 King of Limbs mm-hmm. the Radiohead album in 2007 where you could pay what you want and you know people were talking about that revolutionising the music industry and then last year for a solo album he released it via BitTorrent where I think it was five euro download and you can download it in any format and apparently it made 
a million dollars in five days or something like what? that. Right into his pocket. Well, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think BitTorrent took a little bit of okay. the cash, but you know, it's kind of another way of distributing music. Like there's yeah. so many ways. And just talking about music quality, I don't know if you listen to anything on Bandcamp lately, but Bandcamp's quality has really gone down oh, lately really? because they want you to download the music more. So the quality that you can stream it at is it's really low. Okay. I like the first time I thought, oh, my my laptop speakers are um, half full, but they were full blast, you know. And I was trying to turn everything up, and I was listening on headphones and um, earphones as well, and it was just like, ah, oh, I just, you know, you need to download it if you want good and quality. There's like on Bandcamp, is there a premium service similar to Spotify? No. No, okay. I think it's SoundCloud. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I because you know getting ready to release music like myself and with other people I like. That's the that's sort of the go to service. Bandcamp. Yeah, when you're like starting. You're on your side. It yeah. feels like more so than any other streaming. Like iTunes feels like it's kind of too professional or something. When you're like a band from Cork releasing an album, it's like Bandcamp is the. Even the way I would like go to listen to other people's music, I would usually go to Bandcamp first. Mm-hmm. But um, see, again, this comes to my laptop. I don't even notice when things are in bad quality because the speakers are such bad quality. Um, yeah, the rest are just country music kind of stars that I've never heard of. Oh, King Crimson and The Traveling Ogres. Oh. But that doesn't surprise me either. It seems like they may as well put their music up, though. I mean, like, why not? Um, they want people to buy the CDs? Well, the Traveling Wilburys probably have other stuff to be, each separately have other things to be dealing with, like being dead <laughs> <laughs> or their own solo projects. I mean, it's interesting that, like, the, uh, it's not that interesting, that the Traveling Wilburys don't have their music up, but then, you know, Tom Petty does, and Bob Dylan does. I think one of the reasons people don't put their stuff on Spotify is because Portishead made $2,500 off 34 million streams. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I was reading an interview with uh, Tim Wheeler from Ash, who's... Uh, whose band are headlining Independence actually this weekend which we're going to talk about later but uh, he was saying he was asked about Apple Music and he was saying yeah I think that our music is on there you know I haven't really been I haven't really checked uh, but I'm sure I'll get a check for £3 in the post in like <laughs> six months or something and I think that that's it but um, it's like all of the labels have um, a stake or a hand in the streaming sites you know Spotify is basically owned by the labels now but then that mean that doesn't necessarily well it means that artists are probably getting more in advances but they're not getting the money for their they're not getting the money for their streams. Well, they're they're getting, definitely not they're getting, getting more. that much. Yeah, they're getting like not point not not three four cent per play. Yeah. No, Taylor Swift is the person who's going to make money from streaming. Yeah, and she doesn't <laughs> want to. <laughs> But that's her decision. <laughs> I guess if we're trying to solve the problem of uh, streaming here, the answer is just like, make up your mind if you want to stream or not. Because I'm like anti-streaming, but then that's how I listen to my music. So I but like, something's got to give. With with streaming, I mean, it's the, the quantity of the library. I mean, it's endless what you can listen to. I mean, that's kind of what you want, isn't it? I mean, just music at your fingertips, no matter the quality. When when I when I broke my leg a few months ago, I spent a lot of time kind of. I used to wake up really early in the morning because of the pain, so I just go on like music blogs and just try and find new stuff to listen to because I just wanted to keep my brain active as much as possible. And 
Um, that's where Spotify kind of had a huge help in that because I was able to find like really weird stuff and kind of, you know, kind of bands from Middle America that that aren't that, that just have their stuff up on Spotify or Bandcamp and don't really have a presence here. So yeah, it's nice people. in that sense, but still like I know that like my my you know couple of like twenties times that I listen to them isn't going to really help them at all. No, but you are probably going to go by their record which is the other flip side of this whole thing yeah but that's really the exception in that I think three of us are people who buy records and we, we buy records for people we enjoy but then yeah that's... we're the exception but then like record sales are up so like we're obviously not the only exceptions yeah there, it's it's all around so people are buying more records so the money is going via another format I mean not the, the, the difference here is huge the amount of people streaming to the amount of people buying records but I think that to me is like that's why I don't feel guilty streaming anything because I usually buy you know mm. one of those you know 10 bands records I'll, I'll buy physically so I don't feel one bit guilty when I go to sleep <laughs> so you won't be um, like crying about Neil Young pulling his records <clears throat> no, no because I have loads of the good yeah. ones <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Neil Young as well is someone you should be listening to on record you shouldn't be listening to on Spotify <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're like walking down the street and you're not one of those, you're not going to like. I hope I don't know any of those knobs who have carried around a record player with them and uh, <laughs> a portable one and hey. still listening. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're definitely not. Can so you buy one of those? Not that I'm interested. <laughs> you can. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> On the agenda, we're going to talk about. See what I did there? Hidden the agenda. Hidden agenda. <laughs> oh. uh, we're going to talk about festivals happening this weekend in your area if you're near <laughs> Independence, Casa Palooza, or the Beat Yard, because that's what we're going to talk about right now. Them's the areas. So um, I'm going to go to the Saturday of Beat Yard, which I am ridiculously excited for because. In a row, I get to see Melty Brain, Slum Village, Madlib, and Sister Sledge without having to move my feet. Well, I will be moving my feet because I'll be dancing loads, but um, I'm ridiculously excited for that. Will you be moving your arms as well? Uh, it depends on the song. Yeah? Yeah. I always feel weird when I'm, you know, when you have to dance or something and you're like doing that stuff. You know, swaying you around. Oh, I, I wish you could see Owen. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, I'm I'm really renowned actually for my dancing skills. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone talks about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a good way. I wish people talked about I didn't it. Didn't say a good that way. now. <laughs> um, so yes, on on Saturday, of Hidden Agenda, you've got those amazing bands on the Hidden. Sorry, on the Beat Years, you get to see those bands on the Hidden Agenda stage, and there's also. Um, Le Freak, who are a disco cover band from Dublin, which I'm excited to see. Gen- Gemma Dun Levy, who did, used to play to one of the floating joints. Gemma oh, Dun Lovely. She sang with someone. Frank B. She was with Frank B. Frank yeah, B. She, yeah. she's okay. doing more grime stuff. She was actually one of the people who was on the first the edition room. of The Boiler Room yeah. in Dublin, uh, which I never actually watched. Uh, I couldn't, if I'm being honest. Why? Because you don't like grime? <laughs> no, because 
Because the, fir- the first Boiler Room in Dublin was showcasing grime. Yeah, it was really odd, but like, I mean, Boiler Room is sort of renowned for its background. I, I thought it was. Gowls. <laughs> so I thought it was cool. Yeah. And there was a little, like, no, the Dublin one was definitely fine <clears throat> compared to most of them, but like, I don't know. Just when, you, when you're aware that like the people in the background of Boiler Room look stupid. And then to have it in Ireland, I was like, no, <laughs> come on, guys, don't do it to yourself. There was, there was one I was watching before, I can't remember who was playing. It didn't matter because um, there was this amazing love story going on in the background where mm. there was a girl and a guy and the guy was like, you know, shy. And then he went up and talked to the girl and she was like, no, I'm not having any of your time. Yeah, anyway, it was it was beautiful to watch and I didn't give a shit about what music was being Boy played. romance. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I so also don't. on a Saturday we have Embers who you saw last year didn't you at, yeah I um, went to um, drop everything drop everything and I just went into this room and it was kind of just a weird vibe and this guy just started playing and it was kind of like oh I don't know what's about to happen and he was unbelievable it just blew my mind so that'll be a good gig as well uh, the Beat Yard it's a new festival like it's uh, it's from it's, Hidden it's Agenda not, it's not a new festival the um, Body Tonic and have been running it for years but this is the first year that they've made it this big oh right was this in Twisted Pepper or something last yeah, year yeah um, I think over I, a weekend I think I remember seeing I Annie think Maxson. so yeah yeah but this is like the first kind of like you know they're they're down in Dunleary and they're making use of a really beautiful area and um, it's um, it's exciting it's exciting to see and yeah. it's a small lineup, but it's pretty exciting you know it's, for, it's, for it's packed, jam packed. Um, I'm also really excited to see Sim Sima in the East Yard <laughs> um, <laughs> because um, it's a friend of ours, Tyke, who is one of the people involved. And um, it sounds like, they, like they've got an African drumming workshop, they've got reggae yoga, um, I think they've got like a turban workshop as well. How to make a turban and that'll come you're looking at me like I'm crazy but this sounds really this is really exciting I think cultural appropriation (laughs) in terms of stuff that I need to know I think how to spin a turban is like as low as we can possibly go you just wait till next year's festival rounds. <laughs> we'll all be sitting here talking about it in the year with turbans yeah. on our head. Maybe a couple of years ago it was like how to make a headdress workshop. Yeah. And so everybody's already done that and now the next step is is turbans. I just want to see um, Rachel from Young Wonder wearing a turban in her neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing that puts me up about the the beach shop, or yeah, that's what it's called, beach shop? Yeah. Um, beach yard. Beach yard, sorry, beach yard. Uh, is the um, whatever granddad <laughs> <laughs> these music festivals nowadays with their with their words their shops. Uh, the the curfew on it is half ten like Fortet is on nine o'clock on Sunday and he's only playing for an hour and a half I thought that Fortet was a guy who would play at the minimum like six hours well that's as well because um, I think they're trying to time it around the um, the dirt so people can get back into the city and they've got they're running a gig on the is it Saturday or Sunday night? Fortet's playing in Dublin on in Dublin City on oh, Saturday right. or Sunday night in a separate gig. So if you don't go to the festival, you can still see Fortet. And if you do go to the festival and want the festival to continue, you have to pay more money. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way of life, really. On the Monday after a festival, you want to keep the festival going. You, gotta pay you some can money. keep the festival going no matter what you do. <laughs> who's, um, who's Barrington Levy who's playing just before Fortet on the Sunday? Do either of you know him? Uh, I don't, and he's the one thing that I keep going like, oh, I should check that out, because it's a great, it's like a, a Motown name. Yeah, it's, it's a good name. Yeah. 
you know, great chances though. I'm actually I'm gutted I'm not going to get to yeah, see I'm that. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Great mm-hmm. Giles is um, a star of Red Dwarf and. Oh right, I thought that that was him. He's Coronation Street. I can't remember which one. It doesn't matter because he's a badass. And is he a musician or? He's a DJ, and I've actually I've watched footage of his DJing, um, and it looks really really fun, and maybe not that great, but really fun. <laughs> fun in a good way or fun in a cheesy way. Is there like with DJing? I think I think both are relevant. <laughs> um, I just got pretty excited. I just did a quick. You sound it. <laughs> Barrington Levy is a Jamaican reggae and dancehall artist. Oh wow! Um, who is a lot more well known than <laughs> than it seems <laughs> um, to me and you. <clears throat> so that's going to be that's in between Nina Sherry and Forte. I know where I'll be. Oh. Russell no, Gano I family. lied. Russ and Gano family are playing <laughs> the, just around the same time. You could get a bit of Barrington Levy in. Anyway, um, you that's... You could get a bit of Barrington Levy in there if you tried. So that's the beat yard. Um, and I'm sure next week we can talk, if we're in a fit condition, we can talk about um, how yeah, good Yeah, we have to do this bad, late in the week next week, I think. How good <laughs> or bad the turban workshop was. <laughs> um, also happening... In Charleville Castle in Tullamore is Castle Palooza. Now I've actually I've never been to Castle Palooza. I don't know if anyone here has. Nope. No. I was supposed to go one year, but it just it was so much hassle trying to get there. We'd have to get like three buses and a train, and I was like, no, I just I don't want to do Can that. Can I be the first to say? <laughs> and I don't feel like this is the first year this is true, but with Castle Palooza, I've never really looked at the lineup and went, oh my god. I mean, the the actually the first time ever is right this year's Hercules and Love Affair would be cool. But to be honest, they've played loads of festivals over the last couple of years. And of Montreal is a very weird booking as well. Yeah. Why? Um, because they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Well, like in the, I don't know. There's like very few standout things in that lineup. Well, that, the, I, the, that I'm excited. The about. thing Castle Palooza kind of prides itself on is that it's mostly Irish lineup. I'm actually kind yeah. of surprised that Hercules and Love Affair and Of Montreal are there just because mm. you know it's kind of Castle Palooza trying to push the boat out a small, tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jape, who's also playing Independence at the weekend, and Fight Like Apes are the, the second from top headliners on Saturday and Sunday. Mm. And Fight Like Apes had their album launch at the Castle Palooza Grounds a couple of months ago. So they're kind of, you know, like, I think that they'll draw quite a big crowd. But I, I think it's a strong Irish lineup. Yeah. You know, it's a strong kind of stage of Irish too. music. There's a lot of, like, um, na- like, there's not a lot of bands, but a lot of names you know there's a lot of um, DJs playing but like so many people go to festivals now and they don't look at the lineup you know and they're just yes. kind of you know they might look at one or two headliners and then it's kind of yeah I'll go I'll go see something and they're probably going to see something really really good during the day and something that they might be talking about on Monday which way are you because I'd say you were a timetable Person oh definitely yeah. <laughs> person. I don't really go I don't really understand why you would go to a fest like spending so much money on a festival and getting there and all that transport mm-hmm. and you're like yeah I might go see something this afternoon I might just stay in the campsite. I know one reason but I'm not going to say <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is <laughs> <laughs> so moving swiftly <laughs> along to independence yeah <laughs> I don't know I just like Casa Palooza I just feel like it's it's very um one part of the country and it's um 
Meaning it's close. It's very well. It's 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 quite open. Quite open. The lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's I just I don't know. Like I, you know, invite more people in. There's there's more there's more outside of Dublin. Dublin people, you know. Well, we say that, but then we're very excited about the the beat year lineup, which is mainly international acts or Dublin people. Yeah, but it's it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't you can't hold up Hercules in the Love Affair to Sister Sledge or Madlib, you know. Yeah, for sure. Really? No. <laughs> then what do you think? Because the the independence lineup is quite um, Shit. dated. It's quite dated, but then it it does have a lot of what I would say Irish. They do have quite an Irish lineup as well. As Man, just look at let's just. Just look at the Sunday on the main stage, or as it's actually called, the Molson Canadian main stage. <laughs> oh, uh, God. You've Codeline, Foy Vance, Hermitage Green, The Academic. Uh, those Slow are motion heroes as well. Th- mm, yeah. those, those are bands which would be held up as, you know, the cream of Irish music at the moment. And I see that, I'm like, I shudder, you know? Yeah. Um, Ash are headlining on the Saturday. Ash are one of the best festival bands that I've seen, but that was 11 years ago. Ash... Uh, are just great live on, but their new album is just is very. I'm a I would be a big Ash fan, but it's very hard to find on ballad as well. Yeah, it's called Kablamo, which is yeah. the main thing it has against it. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of kind of yeah, Jape again on the Friday is kind of. <laughs> I guess we all got bills to pay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys were both there um, last year, right? At Independence, no, I was there no, on no, the no. Sunday. I was there a few years ago. Uh, the last time I was there was when Della Soul played. I think the lineup since hasn't really gripped me. Um, and every time I've gone, I've just wanted to have a lovely time, and I just never have. <laughs> it's a very guitar-y lineup. Like, so is Castle Palooza, I guess. It's so, so guitar-based rock bands. It's sold out, isn't it? Independence. It, it's, it's very close to being sold out as, as we record like, this. That's a great achievement for them, like, you know, but... It's just, it's such a weird lineup. But I suppose in a way, maybe it's... I've always found it just to be like a hodgepodge of whatever, like, this is maybe unfair because I'm not sure, I don't know the inner working, but it, sometimes it, it seems to me to be whatever they could get their hands on. Mm. Uh, that's what it seemed like on the outside. I mean, for the times that I have gone, I've gone to see DJs, and like, both the two years I went, I, it's the same lineup actually on the Saturday night, just Colin K, Fishco Deep, Eddie K. And usually Stevie G plays. He's doing the Sunday night this time. Yeah, on the Sunday night. He's cool, isn't it? Usually I go along and I just stand in the field and dance really hard at people that I would dance really hard at in Cork. But the lineup never really sways me to go and see any bands. Do Do you think that that's just because of the amount of festivals that are on? You know, like you see the same, you see a lot of the same names on a lot of different bills. Yeah, and I think, obviously, me and Ashley have booked a festival and are doing so again, so we're like, we should probably be careful, but, like, yeah. I do think that people, there's too many festivals in general in Ireland at the moment. I think something's got to give somewhere, and I, th- I think Independence is a good, to me, is a good example of, um, there's not really anything, like, fun at, at, on it, you know, like, yeah. Basement Jacks on the Friday night. I mean, some people would call it codeline fun, I'm sure, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, there's nothing that I would go, like, cool, I'm going to go to that and I'm going to dance for an hour and a half without having to think about anything. And I think that's what a lot of festivals, apart from, it would seem, be eared just have 
straight up fun for two days. I, I think that it's uh, the garden stage is just where you're going to go if you want fun, like for the DJs. Yeah. Rather than all these serious guys like Grant Nicholas from um, Feeder. Yeah, for sure. Is that who that is? Oh, God. Yeah. Feeder, um, who headlined two years ago. I think, oh, really? yeah. I think it, though, if I was um, 18 or 17, then this would be... A, it's a great little first festival to go to because yeah, like, I tried, small and I tried to well. for my first festival experience I tried to go to Oxygen uh, with a friend of mine and there was just the two of us and we went on the th- it was the first year that you could go on the Thursday night we went on the Thursday night we came back on the Friday morning because we were so scared whereas if we had tried to go to something like Independence then I think we would have had a lovely time you know because it's small it's near home um, and it's it's accessible. <laughs> like it's a good kind of introduction <laughs> to the bigger festivals. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, think so. I think I think like especially like Electric Picnic now feels like you need to be like a seasoned festival goer to survive it because yeah. it's so big and it's so like you, you just need to have your wits about you the whole time. They do take good care of you there. It's like it's a good. Yeah. I think it's a good. Um, the festival vibe is quite good. Um, that's a lot of bands. I mean, like if I have the two sheets here together. Uh, the independent. Oh, you should. You should have three. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've just stopped looking at the Castle Blues one. Um, like the amount of bands on the Independence one is huge compared to the one on the Beatyard. Yeah. I, I could struggle to find as many bands on this huge Independence lineup that I'm excited about compared to the very small Beatyard lineup, and so. And I would. Find but it's it's catering for completely different people, you know, and I think that that's something I don't think. I don't know who Castle Palooza are catering for, but I know who Beat Yard and Independence <laughs> yeah, are catering for. True. And I think that that's the problem. I think Castle Palooza are trying to be everyone's festival, but with it, but just alienating everyone. <laughs> Whereas, like, Independence is for, you know, your 18 to, like, 21-year-olds who want to go and get drunk in a field for mm-hmm. the weekend and go see Coldline because that's what they listen to. Um, and maybe maybe if they stumble across five got into the sea and none came back they'll get a little bit more they'll sense about something. them and they'll wake I guess up. the other thing is that neither of us have been to Castlepalooza or all three yeah. of us haven't been so yeah. hopefully we're but wrong is, isn't Castlepalooza just for people who aren't in Cork who want the same thing I mean they're they're relatively similar they're always on at the same weekend and um, but there's no like same size I don't. I don't want to be tarnishing eighteen-year-olds, but um, do they know who of Montreal are? You know what I mean. Like, is is of well, Montreal rev- re- relevant to that age? Now? I don't. Whereas Codeline is, I think. I think you. I don't think you can t- say that they're an age. Uh, yeah. I could choose a different word. I think anybody who goes and eighteen-year-old Codeline fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody who goes and sees of Montreal are going to have a good time. I did when I saw them at Body oh, yeah. and Soul last year. They were second from top uh, behind Caribou, I think, on the main stage on the Saturday. I'm really intrigued by a thing that I just figured out. That um, uh, where is it? Eight o'clock on Sunday, the Independence, the Flaws are playing. I haven't seen that name in. Years. I think that they had broken up for a little bit and they oh, got really? back together a little Do they bit. Have new I music? thought it's um... I think they have new music. Yeah. Okay. I wonder. I'd like to see them again. I, I was a big fan of theirs when they came around the first time. They were kind of like one of those Interpol bands. Am I right in thinking that? I kind of think of them now as just kind of, you know, indie. Oh yeah, you're one of those guitar yeah, yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah. 
Hello, 2005. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of Del light, which is <clears throat> I think really my, light. I think my favourite thing on this whole lineup, though, is that on uh, at 5pm on the Saturday and Sunday, you can go see comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, silent disco at seven, comedy at, at five, at four, yeah. Comedy, just... Just comedy, yeah. you know? It'll just be a guy just, does anybody here know any jokes? Yeah. <laughs> just come on. There once was a man from Limerick, you know, it's, 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 uh, it, yeah. There's, uh, two hours before, uh, two, two and a half hours before Fish Go Deep, there's a DJ group called Big Dish Go. Fish Go Deep, Big Dish Go. Oh, Big Disco. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> atrocious. So, so next up is a segment that Owen is making us do called How Well Do You Know The Lyrics To Take Me To Church? It's a quiz that the Daily Edge, which is part of the journal, put up, and it's just um, little snippets of lyrics from Take Me to Church, which you presume everybody knows, you know, everybody knows all the words. It's been ubiquitous for the past, like, two or three years. Um, I, I took the quiz earlier today, and I got seven out of ten. I feel like I'm going to do pretty well at this. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to set I, myself I up know that I won't do well, because I know that when I'm singing along to any song, I go like... My love is gone. <laughs> Funeral. <laughs> and I know I do that. So that's I'm going to cover over okay, so it's as well. When you, when you turn the computer away so that this is a fair game. So it's Keelan versus Ashling for Hosier's love. <laughs> uh, okay, my lover's got A, human, B, hubris, C, humor, or D, hoovers. Like, if you don't get this, I'm going to be very disappointed. Humor. Humor, yeah. Okay. She's the. Best of being frugal, witness at a tribunal, biggest Roman numeral, giggle at a funeral. Giggle at a funeral. These answers are amazing. I wish these were the lyrics. <laughs> witness at a tribunal. If the heavens ever did speak. She's the last true mouthpiece. Yeah. You could have Every chosen. Sunday's getting more bleak. Fresh poison each week, week, motherfuckers. <laughs> Is she like on five and I'm on just steaming ahead of the uh, You're keeping your own scores. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at one million right now. <laughs> My church offers no substitutes, forbidden fruits, no absolutes, or a short commute. No absolutes. The yeah. first one. Oh, Keelan gets us. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no absolutes. She tells me. The church is in the bedroom, the scent is in the perfume, that's not on the menu, or worship in the bedroom. Worship, not worship. She tells me... Worship in the bedroom. bedroom. Yeah. Oh man, I know a lot more than this. <laughs> I was born sick and I love it. Command me to be What's yeah, the yeah. options? <laughs> the other options are coming to the well, demand we ring the bell, coming to be with. Okay. Take me to church. I'll church. Yeah, I'll church like a dog at the church of your church. <laughs> <laughs> I'll worship at, like a dog at the, shi- at the shine of a light. I'll curse you like a dog on. I can't see this because there's a green tick because I got the question right earlier today. You know, oh. not to or anything. So it's I'll curse you like a dog, something, something, your lies. Or I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lies. That one. Yeah. Yeah, it's deep. 
I'll tell you my skills and you can offer the knife. Tell you my sins and you can marry my wife. <laughs> tell you my sins and something something the knife. Sell you my tins and you can get a new life. <laughs> the third one. Yeah. Wow, you got that with, uh, uh, even with the something something. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how you sing it. Yeah. Tell you I, my I sins and you I, can... I, can... I thought that was the words that were actually... Sell something my wife. <laughs> I, I kind of lost it here towards the end now. Um, mentally and at the quiz. Uh, offer me that A, endless stare. B, deathless death. Deathless death. Deathless death. Oh, okay. Because yeah. um, I think that I actually think this is a very clever lyric because deathless death. Um, if you, um, the, the the French for orgasm actually translates as little death. La petit mort. La petit mm-hmm. mort. So go on, hose your boy with your French. Yeah. So deathless death is an orgasm. Nice work, you yeah. sneaky bitch. <laughs> so it's offer me that orgasm. Yeah, offer me that orgasm. <laughs> good God, let me tell you my orgasm. Oh yeah, good God. Let me tell you my life. No. Oh, okay. Good God. How come I don't get options this okay. time? <laughs> let me give you my life. Let me give you my wife. Let me give you the knife. Or let, let me, me give, give you a hike. Let me give First me one, let me give you the life. 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 Let me give you my life. Okay, I got 7 out of 10. I think you got 8 or 9 out of 10. Yeah, I kind of fell short there in the middle and a bit well, disappointed. Well, listeners, if you got over a 9, you win a signed timetable of the beat yard. <laughs> <laughs> got two it there, Ashley. There you go. Perfect. Sending it out to you. Sending your answers. I, I got 7 out of 10 and it says, You kind of know the lyrics well enough to scream along to at longitude anyway. Oh, and oh did- culturally relevant. <laughs> I see what they did there. Okay, so to finish off, we're going to talk about a really happy thing that happened this week in music. It's not even in music, nearly. It's it's a kind of well, it's 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 to do with music. So, yeah. Tyler the Creator um, is banned from Australia. Um, it's something that I'm actually quite conflicted about because I I love the new Tyler album, but I think he's an absolute idiot. Um, but that's why people love him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But this is yeah. This upsets me a lot. Um, so, so do like, think? I don't think he's like officially banned. I think what the Australian government has said is that they're reviewing his case. And like, obviously, Twitter is the most juvenile way of getting any point across. And um, he is the most juvenile person on Twitter. Yeah. So I, I guess if you don't know what happened, uh, he complained on Twitter that he was banned from Australia, and then he tagged um, this lady Alison Corley, I think her name yep. is, and she. Um, she works for a group that is trying to sort of raise awareness about misogyny and sexism in the media. Um, they're both a huge fan of Tyler, and I also had like known a little bit about the Shell Collective a little before, so I kind of knew that she was kind of... And saying that I knew about her, I follow her on Twitter, that's mainly it. So when this thing kind of happened, I was started to read into it, and I got a little bit yeah, conflicted by the mm. whole thing. Um, first of all, because I think banning someone... If you check her, uh, if you check the collective shout email, it says um, to like sign up to the um, what do you call it petition deny visa for pro rape rapper Tyler the Creator. I think that's a little bit strong already to to be. Have you read the lyrics of that song though? I have, yeah, but I mean, this is the this is 
the big question really like you can talk about the politics of it but then there's like huge undertones of like what is if you're if you're going to not allow things because of content well then you you're not allowed to read hundreds of books you can't mm. you're gonna have to get rid of most hip-hop if not a lot of music um no one's gonna watch saturday night fever anymore because there's a rape scene that is that pro rape i mean you know this is content and like tools are what is used to make art and i think like calling out tyler the creator is like it's kind of a silly juvenile way of getting huge publicity because just go to your local shop and look at a newspaper like that's where you should begin with the, this fight to like mm. stop misogyny and sexism I, I think hip-hop gets a bad rap for this all the time it always has no matter it's not just <clears throat> uh, misogyny or sexism but like in any form that hip-hop has tried to make a point since nwa it's been criticized and i think it's like an easy target and so i think i'm a bit i'm a little bit disappointed in both sides i'd like to he- hear something that tyler the creator has to say about what's happened that's a very nuanced uh take on it it's not something that i would have thought about like um the idea that if you're gonna ban you know if you're gonna call out tyler the creator why aren't you calling out like all these books and you know why is gray or um 50 shades of gray you know why is that yeah, exactly. okay yeah. to talk about and buy and be bought by millions of people and be one of the biggest selling books of the year, but Tyler, the creator, you're going to um, have a problem with. But doesn't it come back to the idea that uh, he's not being as nuanced as even you would be when it no, comes to... No, he's definitely this? being very blunt. I mean, uh, I can't remember what song it is that she complained about. Is it France, maybe? No, it's it's is on... It? Oh, uh, I have it here somewhere. It's it's a very late, it's a very blatant song. Yeah, it's is. It, I was reading about it on Rap it's, Genius. Now it could be the, it could be a different song. It's it's, it's called Bitch Suck Dick. <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's Tyler. <clears throat> um, the one thing I will say about this, which is the like, Owen has some of the tweets up here that have been aimed at Alison since. This has happened and like I don't want to read them out because they're so so horrible and the problem is is that Tyler has created this like <laughs> army of people like I, I went to Primavera this year and I saw Tyler the creator took a picture and put it up on Instagram and I got because I tagged him in it I got like 12 instantly 12 new followers of just these kids in America who are obsessed with him and think his word is gospel mm. and now I think with his new album, because I'm, I'm not a big fan of the first couple of albums, I, to be honest, I haven't listened to him, but the new album really, really grabbed me. Um, but it's like, I don't know, he, he, I, I hope he's kind of using his platform that he's built for himself for a little bit better than just calling people bitches and cunts and stuff. Um, that's, that's my problem, is that he's trying to turn these people these these kids against this woman now. Well, I don't think well, that like, he's actually turned them against him. He sent that tweet. Well, no, he can then, do what he can say whatever, yeah. and people will just flock. He knows what he's yeah. doing. Like I don't know if he does know what he's doing. I think if, if you know anything about him, he says he's the type of person. He says the first thing that comes to his mind. He doesn't think about anything. I think what you're saying is true, and if you're looking at someone who is. Um, using their platform properly, then um, I would say Tyler is not that person. Kendrick no. Lamar is. Kendrick Lamar is. Ken, Kanye West. Is yeah, because well. Kendrick was in the news this week. You guys watched the video. I, I still haven't watched it. Yeah, it was a 
like almost absolutely beautiful video of a protest in it wasn't even a protest I think it, it was, was black, two, it was a Black Lives, Lives Matter rally and yeah I think there was someone being arrested at it a young teenage black man who was um, they said he was publicly intoxicated um, but there was the, then there was reports of him being just absolutely slammed against the ground um, yeah even like whatever the report is I think people's um, trust in the police in America is so little anyway but the way that they ended up getting on the streets was by uh, chanting Kanye West or Kanye West Kendrick Lamar we gonna be alright uh, just repeatedly and it was, it was kind of amazing because I know that uh, I've, I've watched a lot of and read a lot about Kendrick and he really is the type of person who wants to use his platform to say something that mm. matters and I guess that was like some real tangible evidence that out on the streets people are listening to what he says I mean going back to the title of the creator thing I think um the worst part of everything of the whole situation is that he's been proved like she Cal, Al, uh, Alison Corley has been proved right by the amount mm. of Twitter like awful Twitter abuse she's getting and that's the sort of ironic thing about it is that like there it is there's some blatant obvious evidence that uh, what people are taking from the Tyler the Creator songs and from his content is uh, is not positive. Mm. And that's kind of that. That's where my conflict is, because um, I don't listen to th- that song or a lot of other Tyler's Greater songs and think like, "Oh, pro rape." That's not what I think, but a lot of people don't separate. Um, that's 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 what I'm worried about is those kids who are like 14 and 15 and like they're um, they're listening to. But then again, like I suppose the shit we listened to when we were that age as well. Like, but mm. it just. Um, I think more so than ever now you've got these real present personalities like Tyler is one I think mm. Mac DeMarco is one in another way who um, are like identities that, sh- that that people are building for themselves as well like yeah. I was when I was at Latitude last week I saw a ridiculous amount of young men wearing dungarees um, I mean, look at my head I'm wearing yeah, I'm exactly. literally wearing a golf hat yeah Not it's kind of like it's a hybrid golf Mac DeMarco hat I think Look, I'm trying my hardest. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so that's that's where my worry and my conflict comes in. It's mm. just, I don't know. There's there's so many different ways of saying things. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to Tyler's new album Cherry Bomb, but you guys have, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, is there anything as controversial as that first album? Like, I don't think that it's very innocent in comparison. Well, I don't know. I I haven't listened in depth to the lyrics, but. Uh, fucking young is a kind of hilarious like you know um, girl you're amazing but you're too young you know kind of thing mm. and it seems the whole album seems quite innocent in comparison to his previous work I think it's like the, it's sneakier <laughs> I would mm. call it like there he does say quite um, violent things but like they're a bit more I don't know aggressive rather than violent I would say um, so he does, it's not exactly like a full-on innocent record, I would say. But No, but it's more innocent. It's, than yeah, I would it. say it's aggressive, pretty yeah. kind of undertones. Mm. But um, like one of the biggest songs of, was it last year or two years ago, was that Robin Thicke song, Blurred Lines, mm. which, you know, everybody loved at first and then people were like, hey, isn't this, you know, <laughs> like, well, like That kind of reminds me of um, this thing that Frankie Boyle, the Scottish comedian, said about, uh, he was asked about... Um, Oh, who's that absolute tool on, um, who got fired from BBC for hitting the... Jeremy Clarkson? Jeremy Clarkson, yeah. So this like kind of has similar tones, which is like Frankie Boyle was asked about 
um, he had said stuff about Israel in a comedy sketch and he had been like given out to or taken off the air or something or the, his joke had been taken out of the program and Jeremy Clarkson had some, said something about Mexican at a similar time and wasn't getting as much flack for it and hadn't been taken off the air and his joke had stayed on in the show and Frankie Boyle said well that's because there's no content to what hmm. uh, Jeremy Clarkson says. There's, if if you if you want to defend it, then there's not much really you need to defend. Whereas if you need if you have to like question or defend Frankie Boyle's joke about Israel, then you have to ask yourself questions about big questions about where you stand on a political question like Israel. So like the BBC couldn't really they just had to say no to Frankie Boyle but like there's not much content to like a stupid racist joke about Mexico that's similar to me to Tyler the Creator like he he has uh, at least some powerful content even though it's very um, like arguably pro-rape and arguably misogynist but the word arguably is there at least people will actually talk about something that he's saying whereas Blurred Lines is just done and, and doesn't have any strong content in it at all and so that's kind of where I stand on those two things like I think it's great that people are talking about something and that they're talking about uh, it in the context of hip-hop, which, as I said, gets a lot it's, of flack. It's the direct opposites at which they're standing, though. You know? I mean, it's uh, it's pro-Tyler guys who are like, you know, yeah. just leave them alone. And then it's the other side of it, um, which is, you know, completely averse to him, even though it seems like he's a different <clears throat> guy now. Not yeah. that I'm defending him or anything. There was one moment when I went to see him at um, in Primavera and there was a guy who came up behind us, I think he was like, um, I'm not sure where he was from, but he just started shouting the word faggot really loudly mm-hmm. and the three of us, the, the two people that we all turned around were like, shut the fuck up man, Like, and he was like, well he says it so that means I can say it. And that's where I worry. Oh, man. I know that's a very few, but, like, we told him anyway, basically, to shut... He was like, "That no, that's not true. Like, shut up. Um, and I, I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot because that whole argument had come up in the past with Tyler and his use of the word faggot and um, him trying to kind of make it a normal word and take the power away from it. But then you still have, like, an asshole coming up behind you at a gig and just shouting it at the top of his lungs, like, you know, so... I don't know. I don't know. I'm very conflicted. I am very, very conflicted. That's all a part of someone trying to take away the the power of the word, though, is the fact that someone has to come in and use it. You know, like, as much as you're conflicted about it, imagine how that idiot is conflicted about it. No, he he had a look on his face like he knew what he was doing. Like, he wanted people... He wanted that attention. Like, he wanted Tyler to look at him and... Which is silly, like, you know. I would say there's more conflict in that... That, uh inability to understand what you're actually doing <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah um, whether he tackles that conflict or not is a completely different situation <laughs> um, yeah but it'll be interesting to see what happens I would I would like to um, he, obviously Tyler the Creator hasn't said anything since it came, that kind of news came out he's also not banned from Australia it's just up for a question but his visa is up for a question yeah I would yeah. say this hasn't helped uh, in any way and he's supposed to be going there Pretty soon, as far as September, I know. September, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, but, yeah, so I think I don't think anyone's innocent in the whole thing. I, th- I don't think the tone of... Um, but then the tone of, like, collective shout shouldn't... Re- it's, it should be more aggressive than Tyler because they're trying, they have a real point to prove. Um, I, don't, I don't think saying pro-rape rapper Tyler, the creator, is, under, is, like, understanding the situation as much as you're trying to let it appear. 
but um that's, but that's what grabs you the headlines i, I guess, guess so but well. that's just on their that's on their um that's the name of the petition so but at the same time that's their job their job is to is to question the norm of misogyny in i mean australia and now globally well done collective shout it's uh it's it's interesting too because i've watched a lot of interviews with tyler and uh like i don't think I don't think it's going to be an issue soon because he's not, it doesn't sound like he wants to keep making music. It sounds mm. like he wants to get into films and, you know, he wants to do everything. He's just, like, the things I like about him is that he's ridiculously young and um, excited about everything. And I think yeah. that's the problem, like, as you were saying, like, he's the kind of person who kind of, you know, says things without thinking about them. Um, and it's, uh, that's, you know that's exciting too but then again like he he wrote those albums like a few years ago i'm not trying to defend what he said or done but i'm i suppose i'm working through this issue right yeah. now with you both <laughs> rather than fixing this problem we're just like a support group for each yeah, other. We're, trying, we're trying to all figure it out in this I would big say bad the, world maybe we should finish up some but um i will say that the thing that what you're saying about young men really like idolizing him and same with mac demarco i think what's interesting is that these are people who are doing something that's completely different Mm. from what you're being sold all the time um it's far more exciting uh same with kendrick i guess um and it's kind of interesting we've had sort of like a nearly two decades of a pop music that's been sort of um built by companies i mean they obviously golf is a company in itself golfing but i think people are kind of looking for something a bit more eccentric yeah, they want they it. want to they want a personality that they can um you know when you're a teenager and you don't know who you are you want a personality that you can kind of almost latch onto mm. and make your own and I think and I think Mac DeMarco is uh, is is a good one because yeah. you know he manages to <laughs> write music that doesn't uh, isn't pro rape <laughs> <laughs> or whatever whatever you know what I mean it's like he writes beautiful music but then also is this ridiculously goofy person who's obviously very much enjoying his um his life you know yeah. and that's that's a really lovely thing to see be nice to each other everybody yeah be nice to each other be a mac not a tyler <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't know what to do with this hat anymore <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you all for listening again and we hope that we have um helped you out in some way by helping ourselves <laughs> uh, i've been asking or reading They've been Owen and Keelan. This has been the point of everything.